The Super Round contains a super upset. The URC gives me a perfect score. And the MLR's sixth season gets underway in the USA. The March 4, 2024 episode of the Rugby Report starts right now. Hey everybody and welcome to the March 4, 2024 edition of the Rugby Report, your weekly recap and preview podcast of all things rugby. My name is Dwayne Burkhardt and in this episode, we'll cover the mayhem in Melbourne as the entire Super Rugby Pacific League invaded Seagull Stadium for the weekend. We'll then cover round 11 action in the URC and here in the USA, rugby returns with new faces and new places. But we'll start where we always do, in the lands down under, where all 12 Super Rugby Pacific teams converged on Melbourne for an entire weekend of rucks, scrums, and seagull poop dodging. That's right, it's time for Super Round 2024. The action began when my Highlanders, fresh off an impressive start against Moana, took on the blunderbuss that is the Auckland Blues. The Highlanders are and always will be my team, but it would be stupid to ignore the fact that the Blues are, on paper, and on the scales, a significantly larger and vastly more experienced squad. But the Highlanders said, Hey, you know what? Let's just play the game anyway and see what happens. And for the significant majority of the first half, it was the Blues who looked dazed and confused. The Highlanders seemed to stun the Blues by coming out with a speed and energy that Auckland was clearly not prepared for. The Landers scored first, going up 5-0. The Blues tied the score, but the Highlanders cruised down the field again, finishing with another try after a brilliant banana kick by Falau Fakatava to the flying Welshman, Reese Patchell. The Blues scored again to tie it, but the Highlanders answered again with yet more amazing ball movement and control, scoring their third try of the half and retaking the lead 15-10. The problem for the Highlanders wasn't that they weren't brilliant against the Blues. They were. The problem was that each time they were brilliant, the Blues had an answer. And that's particularly impressive when you consider the fact that the Blues took the field without not one, not two, but three of their normal superstar starters. That's right, Bowden Barrett, Finley Christie, and Rico Iwani didn't even play in this game. And they didn't need to. The Highlanders were great out of the gate, but they just couldn't sustain the levels of speed, power, and intensity needed to take down the Blues. And the Blues, well, they were frankly impressively unflappable in the face of what can only be called an impressive onslaught from a Highlanders team that is already clearly better than some fans may have feared. In the end, though, the Blues were simply the better team, and the full-time score was Highlanders 29, Blues 37. Game two of the weekend was the semi-seasonal Star Wars game, as the only true home team of the weekend, the Melbourne Rebels, hosted the Western Force. The Rebels began the game with a new hope in the form of a returning superstar. The Force players noticed right away, as moments before kickoff, one could be heard saying, Hey, look at the referee. He's headed towards that small moon. To which Nick White's mustache replied in horror, That's no moon. That's Taniella Tupo. That's right, folks. Taniella Tupo, a man so large that he can't go out in public because people keep trying to stick flags in his chest and claim him, is finally healthy enough for active duty against the Rebels, the team that stole him from the Queensland Reds over a year ago. 
As the game began, the Rebels ran. And it wasn't too long before Andrew Calloway galloped away with the game's first try, making Force defender Harry Potter wish he'd stuck to Quidditch in the process. But the Force strikes back and then scored 17 straight points before Rebels fly half and now Luke Skywalker lookalike Carter Gordon got loose showing off his significantly improved play and massively improved hairstyle, and just like that, the Rebels were back in it. But the Force awakened again, and after a bit more back and forth, including another Rebel score right before the break, a score that again made Harry Potter look like he was up to no good, it was forced by Red 5 at the half, and me setting a new record for puns in a paragraph. After the half, the Force returned with scoring on their minds. In fact, you could say it was their first order of business. Okay, that was the worst one, I promise. But after scoring 10 more points and seemingly taking control of the game, well, the Rebellion was reborn. As the team from Melbourne, a team so very desperate for some good news, got their torpedoes in the Force's thermal exhaust port and exploded, scoring 19 points in 8 minutes and 29 straight and unanswered points, leaving the Force to cry out, Away, put your offense! We mean you no harm! The full-time score was a staggering Rebels 48, Force 34. Now, Game 3 of the weekend pitted the two most recent expansion teams against each other as Moana Pacifica faced off against the Fijian Drua. And it was, at least a little bit surprisingly, one of the most competitive and, at the end anyway, the most thrilling finish of the week. As previously noted on this pod, both teams had disappointing losses in Round 1 and were eager to bounce back in this game. Would the game belong to Moana's power or to Fiji's speed? The answer? Both! Moana seemed to have the upper hand in the first half, holding advantages in time and possession, but not the score, as Fiji's insane backfield speed kept them in the game. They would have been tied at the break, but just before the half, Moana broke free, scored, and took a 15-8 lead into the sheds. In the second half, Moana began to pull away and then dominate the game, eventually pulling out to a seemingly insurmountable 21-point lead. But that was when Fiji's speed took over. The holes in Moana's defense weren't very big, but they didn't need to be, because the Drua are so fast that there is an actual blur in the video when they get going. Still, it was a three-possession game with Moana leading with just ten minutes to play. I mean, the game's over, right? Not when you're playing the Drua, it's not. And not when Moana was suddenly down to just 13 men for the vast bulk of the last 10 after a red and yellow card. And that's how we got to extra time, with Moana barely clinging to a 39-36 lead with Fiji in possession and a chance for an incredible comeback victory when a Moana defender broke through the line, knocked the ball out of a Drua player's hands, Moana recovered, kicked into touch, and for the first time since 2022, Moana Pacifica is a winner. It is also the first win against the Drua in franchise history, and further proof that Pacifica has started a new era in 2024. Full-time score, Pacifica 39. Drua, 36.
Now, game four was definitely the upset of the week as the rebuilding Crusaders took on the New South Wales Waratahs. It took the Crusaders less than 90 seconds to score the first try of the game, and it rather immediately looked like the game might be a walk in the park for the Crusaders. Interestingly, the Waratahs were fine with it being a walk in the park for the Crusaders, but the park they had in mind was Jurassic Park. That's right, the bigger, tougher Taz of 2023 finally showed up this week, and after kicking their way back into the game, broke it open about 20 minutes in with a blocked kick that was returned for a try, and at that moment, if you listened carefully, you could actually hear the momentum drain out of the Crusaders' sideline and flood into the Waratahs, because from there, it was on. And it was the Waratahs leading at the half, 23-10. Of course, the Crusaders are, by far, the winningest franchise in league history, and they didn't exactly lay down in the second half. But every time they scored, the Waratahs had an answer. And then, as it was in the first half, there was a play at the 65-minute mark where the Waratahs stole the ball and took it back the other way for a try, and again, you could just feel all of the momentum flowing into the Taz sideline. And suddenly, the upset of the weekend didn't just seem possible, it seemed inevitable. And so it was. Full-time score, Crusaders 24, Waratahs 37. Next up was pretty much everyone's pick for Game of the Week, as the Waikato Chiefs, last year's should-have-been champions, faced off against the best team in Australia, the Canberra Brumbies. This game looked like it could be a 2024 Grand Final Preview, a battle royale between two of the best teams in the league. So what happened? Well, one of the teams looked like one of the best teams in the league. The other one? Eh, not so much. League MVP Damian McKenzie started off the, well, whooping with a 48-meter kick. Nanai Saturo and Rowe combined for a try minutes later, and just like that, it was 10-0 Chiefs. Now, in fairness, the Brumbies looked game early on, as just minutes later, Corey Toole chased down his own kick, got a perfect bounce, and took the ball in to make it 10-7. But that was pretty much the end of the Brumbies' offensive prowess for the day. The Chiefs moved the ball at will. Their scores seemed almost effortless. It was 25-7 Chiefs at the break, and while the Brumbies did add a try in the second half, the Chiefs added three of them, and that was with their reserve players. This game was, somewhat shockingly, never in doubt. And if this Chiefs team shows up every week this season, then watch out, because they are going to be very, very hard to beat. Full-time score, Chiefs 46. Brumbies, 12. Wow. And finally, the Super Round came to a close with what was, without question, the most exciting game of the weekend as the Wellington Hurricanes faced off against the Queensland Reds. Now, the stats said that even though both teams are rebuilding, the Canes should have won this game pretty handily. But the Reds didn't get that memo, and from the opening kick, this game was a battle. Both teams scored impressive and hard-earned tries to start the action, and it was 7-5 to the Reds. Both teams then did the same thing again, each scoring an impressive try, again, and it was 12-12. 
The Reds scored their third try just before the half and looked to go into the sheds with the lead, but back came the Hurricanes again, and at the half, it was 19-all. And the second half? More of the same. Reds score, and it's 26-19. Hurricanes score, 26-all. Then, in a call I kind of agree should have been a yellow card, but vehemently disagree with the decision to upgrade it to a red, Jordy Barrett is removed from the game for 20 minutes because he's tall. So the Reds score again and go up 33-26, and it looks like the advantage might finally have settled on one team. But emerging superstar Cam Roygaard didn't get that memo, and he scores, and the score is again tied at 33. And that's the way it was at the end of regulation, and we went to overtime, known as Golden Point in Super Rugby. And five minutes into the extra period, that incredible backfield that the Hurricanes have took over, drove the field, and won the game 38-33. to But what a game, people. And hats off to the Queensland Reds, who are clearly a much better team in 2024 than many thought they would be. Looking ahead now to round three, the weekend will start with a pair of one-and-one teams facing off as Moana Pacifica will host the Melbourne Rebels. There's no sugarcoating this fact, folks. These two teams have been the least successful franchises in the league for the last couple of years, and both of them need their first win streak in years. My main prediction for this game is that it will be played with intensity and heart on both sides. But I have to predict someone. So I'm going to go with Moana here. But don't be surprised if this one isn't another close game between two very evenly matched teams. Pacifica wins. Next up, the Waratahs travel home to face my Highlanders. The one-on-one Highlanders are faster and tougher than many people thought, but the Waratahs are big. They're at home, and they're coming off a huge upset win against the Crusaders. I'd love to be wrong here, boys, but I've got to go with the Taz at home. Waratahs win. Game three of the weekend could be another one for the ages. For the second year in a row, the Crusaders head to Fiji to take on the Drua. Now, when they did this last year, no one thought the Crusaders would lose. But they did. And the game was the first sign that the Drua were now a team to be taken very seriously, especially at home. Well, this Drua team is now 0-2, starting their season with two tough back-to-back road losses. Will the Crusaders bounce back, avenge last year's loss, and send the Drua to the bottom of the table at 0-3? Well, they might, but I wouldn't bet on it. The Drua are a different team at home. And the Fijian fans are rabid. Seriously, if you want to see a crowd losing their minds in support of their team, go to Fiji. I just don't see the Drua dropping this one at home. Drua win. Next up, the Brumbies will face the Force at home in Canberra. The Force will be coming into this game frustrated by their 0-2 start, but the Brumbies will be just plain pissed off after having been blown out by the Chiefs, and they'll be at home. The Force are better than their record, but not yet good enough to go into Canberra and take one from the Brumbies. Brumbies win. 
Game 5 of the weekend is my pick for Game of the Week, as it is yet another chapter in the epic battle between Auckland and Wellington as the Blues head into their nation's capital to face the Hurricanes. Both teams are 2-0, both teams are loaded with talent and potential, and both teams will really want to win this game. This game could easily be a barn burner, and frankly, I have no idea who to pick. I was super impressed by both teams last week. The patience and power of the Blues, and the depth and determination of the Hurricanes, both were on display this past weekend. On paper, the Blues should have a slight edge here. But I have the strangest feeling that the Hurricanes will be the team that wants it just a tiny bit more. Seriously, this really is anyone's game. But I'm going with my heart and not my brain here. And I'm going to say that the Hurricanes will find a way in the end. Canes win. And finally in round three, the Reds go home to face the red-hot Waikato Chiefs. The Reds have played very well in their opening win against the Taz and in their narrow overtime loss against the Hurricanes. But the Chiefs looked like they were playing on a different planet this weekend against the Brumbies. And if they do that again, I just can't imagine them losing this game. They'll definitely need to bring their A game again because this Reds team is much better than many thought they would be. But the Chiefs are rolling. And I think they'll continue to do so. Chiefs win. Now let's head to Europe and South Africa and quickly check in on round 11 action in the URC. And please do notice, as we proceed, that I was 8-0 and in my predictions. On Friday night, Edinburgh edged the Ospreys 19-15 and then Munster pounded the Parma 45-29 in the nightcap. The Lions squished the fish in the first game on Saturday. Full-time score there was Lions 40, Sharks 10. Meanwhile, up in Italy, the Warriors invaded Benetton and held the hometown heroes to just three penalty goals on their way to a 19-9 win. Next up, the Bulls trampled the Stormers 40-22, while up in Ireland, Connacht took down the Scarlets 26-10. Sadly, but also as predicted, my Cardiff Blues hosted and then fell to league-leading Leinster. Full-time score there was Blues 20, Leinster 33, and finally, Ulster did in fact serve as the Dragon Slayers of the Week, winning by a comfortable 49-26 margin. Round 12 in the URC won't take place until the weekend of March 22nd, and as a result, I will hold off on making my predictions until the episode before those games. And now, Season 6 of the MLR is underway here in the USA! Round 1 began at the gold mine in New Orleans, where the NOLA Gold hosted the Old Glory in a defense-dominated game that was short on gold or glory since neither team made it across the try line until the 66th minute. But eventually the hometown gold finally flowed, and the full-time score was gold 18, Old Glory 6. Game 2 of the weekend took place just down I-10 in Houston, where the Sabercats began their 2024 campaign by hosting the Utah Warriors. As I predicted, it was a close game. But as I also predicted, the Sabercats defended their home field and won the close one. Full-time score, Sabercats 22, Warriors 15. Finally, and I'll explain why I said finally in a second, the Seattle Seawolves proved me wrong in the nightcap by beating their divisional arch-nemesis, the San Diego Legion. 
It was another close one, but in the end, the Seawolves won their home opener. Full-time score, Seawolves 25, Legion 19. Now, unfortunately, because of when we have to record the rugby report, we can't tell you how the final three games of the weekend turned out because, well, because they haven't happened yet. So, tune in next time to find out how the newly minted Miami Sharks performed in their league debut against my Chicago Hounds, as well as how Anthem RC, Carolina's new MLR franchise, did against the defending champion New England Free Jacks, and finally, how RFC LA did in their league debut against last year's cellar dwellers, the Dallas Jackals. But for now, that is it, folks. That is all the time we have for this, the March 4, 2024 edition of the Rugby Report. Thank you for listening. Please do tell all of your rugby friends about us and hit that subscribe button. Until next time, remember that four out of five doctors recommend watching more rugby this coming weekend. And that fifth doctor would have, but he's busy watching rugby right now. See you next time. Bloopers. Game two of the weekend was the semi-seasonal Star Wars game. As the, I gotta do that again. Including another Rebel score that right before the break... Damn, I was really doing well. In the second half, Moana began to pull... And not when Moana was suddenly down to... Fuck. When Moana... God dang it. All right, I need a drink. Hang on. (laughs) Yes, we all need a drink. And if this team... Both teams then did the same thing again. Again? (laughs) Oh, Lord, that sounded terrible. All right, take a break before I go to Europe. (laughs) Now, let's head to Europe and South Africa and quickly check in on round 11 in action in the UR. We're checking on something. We're checking to see if my lips are working. That's what we're checking. This episode of the Rugby Report is the 2024 copyrighted property of Narratives, LLC. It is intended for the free, private, and non-commercial use of its listeners only, and may not be rebroadcast or retransmitted, either in whole or part, without written permission. Please email info at narrativesllc.com for more information.